Welcome to Confessions of a PT. I'm James McCallion from James McCallion Transformations. And I'm Matt Cowell from Mind and Movement Mentoring. And between us, we've got over 25 years of coaching and personal training experience. And every single week, we're gonna provide you with all our best tips and laughs along the way. So welcome to episode one of Confessions of a PT. Today's topic is gonna be around calories in, calories out. Myself, I am pro calorie tracking. Me, not so much. And I move further away from that as more as time goes on. Yep, and if I go straight in with a question then, how long yourself personally with the whole intermittent fasting have you been doing it for? So I've started doing fasting, gosh, about five or six years ago. Um, and one of the biggest kept secrets is that I've never actually tracked my calories. Okay. Um, despite telling multiple uh, hundreds of clients to do so, I've never done that. Um, because I always felt like I was getting lost in the numeracy of it all whenever I did that. And I know that for things like portion control, um, when bringing new people on, it's important for them to realize maybe what exercise correlates to food in terms of how much effort the transformation is going to take. But I've never really, I've never done that. And I know you're, you're massive on it. So my argument would be, I think I, I understand the idea around fasting and stuff, but what if you had a client that was religious with the window, whatever it is, 11 till seven, 12 till eight, and they didn't gen like, for me, there has to be some understanding in regards to overall consumption. I think with IF, um, it has to be around like a later date. I wouldn't start someone straight on because I think they just jump on the bandwagon and if they don't have an overall understanding of the calories in, so say if they were doing your window and they were still putting on weight, what would you then say to them? I would look at the quality of foods that they're eating if they were gaining weight. Um, I think fasting's become really trendy recently and only because that's everyone not, tells each other about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's not a bad thing, I suppose. Like, like, <laughs> Go on, idea, he's like, Do you, is it even worth fasting if no one else knows? <laughs> you're doing? It's so like true. doing a cold plunge or something yeah. like that. Um, <laughs> Got that in there, I'll give you that one. But, Up the um, ice baths. I think the... <laughs> I, I, for me personally, I feel so much better when I eat clean food, which wholesome single ingredient food whatever you want to call it and I do feel like we've maybe been misled in regard to what calories are and how they're quantified and I'm going to say something bold I think fast forward to 2035 I don't think we'll be talking about calories anymore oh, I think yeah I think the there's a great book called good calories bad calories um I've forgotten the name of the author but uh Gary Taubes I think it is and we know that different foods have different responses on us yeah um hormonally and you know that's one of the reasons i love fasting is because when you fast there's a form there's a hormone that tells you when to eat and one when to stop eating and the hormone that tells you when to start eating ghrelin actually gets reduced the longer that you fast people think it's the other way around yeah. they think that it's oh my god I'd be starving if I didn't eat for 12 hours 14 hours it actually kind of your body adjusts mm. and 
I'm just the kind of person mentally where if, if I have carbs at breakfast, I am going to be climbing the walls for something two hours later. My blood sugar is going to be like an absolute roller coaster. That's going to affect my training performance, my mood and everything. And fasting just helps keep it simple. Um, and I know you, you're big on weight for clients. Obviously, we both are. JMT. But, but you know, if so for you, I'm thinking you're calorie tracking from the off with clients. So, yeah, my, my view around it, I think, you I'm sure you'll agree with us, we live in a world where obesity is at an all-high-time high. Um, people are a mess, and it's very alarming in regards to overall education. I think people, it's a whole mindset around mental health, around food, and obviously, like you said, there's a correlation between food and mood. What I would say to the fasting side of it, what if you've got someone that's so far on the other continuum, like their eating habits and stuff, would you then start them to fasting straight away? Because they're simple carbohydrates, processed foods. Like that for me is such a long leap away. So the way I do it is week one will be an initial audit, understand what their eating habits, what their eating patterns give them an understanding of what they're putting in their body because I think that's the biggest thing with calorie tracking is data. And mm. when I get a client and I give them the weekly check-in, I'll be like, right, this is what you've had, whether it's my fitness power or my app is very similar. But when they see their numbers about what they're putting in their body, they have no idea. And I think me personally, I don't, I don't calorie track now because I'm a creature of habit, but the realization for me of understanding what I was like, shit, like things that you wouldn't even, I mean, we live in a world where portion sides are out of control. Like people go back for self and helpings and I completely get the mindset around it with discipline, massive on mindset. But when people have that structure of calorie allowance, weekly allowance, flexibility, I just think it gives people the biggest chances. I'm not saying it's permanent. And I've even started introducing like, whether it's a death day or fasting day to clients. But for me, it's everything of, there's no one size fits all with it. And I think people jump on the intermittent fasting bandwagon, but can still then gain weight even if they're consuming all their calories. And that's why I used to take the uh, piss out of it because it's just like, oh, I'm eating all my calories in like two hours, but you're, you're still a fat mess. Do you know what I mean? So There has been a lot of benefits shown that it's not just weight loss for the calorie deficit that the fasting creates. Like essentially you run out of time to eat enough food. Yeah, There is giving the body a the body always prioritizes digestion first so if you're going to give yourself a 16 hour period where it's not doing that you are going to get some rejuvenating effects that you don't when you're constantly always eating mm -hmm. and like you said we do eat way too much in modern society obesity is off the charts and i think you're right when you say about habits for new people that come on board you've got to look at what they eat but I found that sometimes people's just brains and bodies are just screaming for sugar and the wrong foods. Yeah. And you it's addiction, kind of, isn't it? Yeah, well, and you kind yeah, of yeah, do. Yeah. Fasting is a bit of a way. The problem eating area that you can go into with it is maybe something else we'll talk about. But you can go. There's a benefit to going a bit cold turkey and reducing those cravings readjusting your palate to wanting wholesome foods rather than just all the synthetic artificial rubbish because you can get hooked on that to the point where a blueberry is just not sweet enough yeah you know dark chocolate is you know uh, clients are always a red flag i think when they don't like water they've got to have squash yeah. with water it, yeah, there's yeah, something that. has gone wrong to the point where they want 
to have more sugar than they need and that is a mental and physical thing that you're not necessarily going to be able to think your way out of with numbers you're going to need to do like an action first and if you've got to dig in and do a day without food or three quarters of a day without food that will really benefit you if you can get there and it's only really your own mind that you're fighting against and like we've said you know you build those mental muscles so there's an argument for that as well what would you say because again if i think our job as coaches is to set clients up for the biggest success and i think if people see these 24-hour fast as soon as they break that fast it's in that whole negative mindset do you know what i mean people be like i'm going to do it like it's hard to do do you know what i mean you have you have to be a sense of like cut from a different cloth to be able to do it properly as well but then again is it they've had that one day fasting for example and then they just binge and then they consume do you know what i mean and i think the other thing i was going to say in regards to that timing does it always have to be skipping breakfast because surely you've got like bacon and eggs come on (laughs) (laughs) come on when was the last time you had it oh i love a fry up absolutely love a fry up could you could i do it for example i don't know 6 a.m till do you know, does it have to be what yeah, is no, you're not gonna in my opinion you're not gonna lose the benefits based on what time you do it um, because the benefits are the benefits so the arbitrary clock of the day is not gonna affect mm. that um, you could say you know breakfast being the most important meal of the day was a lie created yeah. by the cereal companies really <laughs> is, the is <laughs> difficult to argue against that really when you look at yeah. the way that they've you know, it's another one of the modern societal things that are kind of an old adage that no one really knows where it comes from. But it's, you know, there is that rumor about that Kellogg's, they did it to to stop teenage boys masturbating. Did you know that one? <laughs> yeah, I want one of them boys. <laughs> <laughs> You're like the cornflake, right? <laughs> The hen on the whatever it is on the cornflake box. <laughs> Apparently, this is one of I, I'd heard oh. this, and one of my clients told this. And it was, I'm going to really butcher the story now, <laughs> but it was something like aim to kind of reduce the, like the testosterone in oh, in 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 men, or it was that was what it was kind of where it came from, yeah. and then it kind of corporate america got involved yeah. and it kind of moved more have into have yeah. you know have this cereal to start your day which yeah. is you know it's completely off topic but no i mean i think you could miss breakfast if that's easier i think yeah. you could do it another way so I'll, I'll end it on this question then how would you go so obviously ifs every day yeah it's not just a monday to friday thing how would you then obviously because us humans especially the british live for the weekends what would be your management around the weekend if the cut-off date was like at six, obviously, they're going out for drinks, what would you say? So, I think I, like myself, like to have like a cheat day or a treat day. I know some people don't like that terminology, but I would not worry so much about doing it on that day okay. and just follow it as a pattern through the week to see what it does to your mood, to your hunger levels, to your cravings. And then you might feel, and your energy as well. I've trained at 11 a.m. after not eating from 7 o'clock the night before. And it's been a really good, strong, energized session. So, you know, we need carbs to support exercise, but not always immediately or around. I think the nutrient timing argument is diminishing a little bit because of fasting. 
um, but glad to hear that you're trying it with more clients. Yeah, open to it. And it, the, the biggest thing I got away was uh, the Chris Hemsworth, the Limitless. Mm. So that was really fascinating about, and that's why I'm team ice baths now, intense cold, intense heat, and he obviously did the 72 hour like, baby. Madness. So yeah, for anyone that uh, is listening, very good watch. It's five episodes, I think, and he goes through each one in quite a lot of detail. Okay, so I just want to lead into it by saying that we did get put on the spot as a new thing that we're going to do with every episode. We're going to do a confession from our personal training days. So I haven't had that long to think about it, but one that stands out in memory was um, I like to eat quite clean in the week, as you know, yeah. and I often do like to have a bit of a bigger meal on a Friday, which is often for heat of Friday. Yeah, Friday. I've seen the grand baby. Yeah, and <laughs> sometimes it goes into various different puddings and that after that anyway. So fast forward to Saturday morning, my stomach has been in a better place <laughs> than um, than often. And <laughs> I remember once structuring, structuring this whole session around the fact that my guts were so rotten <laughs> and there was so much flatulence. <laughs> That's such a good word. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't be in the proximity with the client oh, for any no. length of time without it being oh, no. just so terribly embarrassing, embarrassing with just gone. the horrid of stench that was coming out of me. <laughs> so I remember just freestyling this whole session of just somewhere where it was kind of circuit-based where I could dash away and get something and do a quick bit that could kind of <laughs> haze into a mist of other... <laughs> of other members or other people working out so it might not have been me and sort of bring some of it back with me oh. but like and just everything that we were going to do in the session was just turned on its head because there was no way in the world that I could have stood next to him on the leg press for five sets with all the rest periods in between so um yeah it was a different experience for them in more ways than one <laughs> nice like it like it Okay, so my confession this week is when I first started as a PT, worked in a leisure centre that had a health suite. And unfortunately for me, I worked the late shift and I had to clean the health suite. But there was this one individual, um, a man that was very well endowed. Every time I'd walk in the health suite, he was there completely naked. And like I said, I now believe in the Loch Ness Monster because <laughs> the size of the thing was massive. Dangling around, I had to keep eye contact. I'd try and sneak in every single time and he would just look straight into my eyes and, oh, it was horrible. So it ended up being, I just point blank refused to go in there and clean the health suite. And it got so bad that there was actually a complaint. I think a guy actually got ill from being in the health suite and because there was so much scum around oh. it, basically because I hadn't cleaned it. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> Jesus, if you're up there, I confess my sins, but I just was not getting face to face with this absolute anaconda of a man. <laughs> And he was wiggling his towel all around and it was just dangling gigantic balls. And I just, I was like, I'm not getting paid enough. I was, just, I was getting paid minimum wage. You know what I mean? £6.70. Nah, I ain't doing that. Thank you so much for listening and don't forget to tune in next week. And remember to like, comment and subscribe for more value.